I'd say hip-hop is black expression. Everything is art. Hip-hop is just more than music. Creativity explodes and becomes fully energetic as soon as arts combine and arts begin to talk to each other. I'm Bridget Minamore. I'm a writer and a poet, and I write poems about love, home, diaspora, and music. This episode will be looking at how the culture of hip hop has collided with art in many forms. Hip hop has always been poetry to me. It's helped me see things better, not differently, but clearer. Lyrics have always made my brain connect to a new frequency almost, while a great beat can hit something in my chest like nothing else. When we talk about hip hop, we need to talk about its strong connection with black culture. It all started as an artistic and social political movement that stemmed from the Bronx in New York in the early 70s. Zazia Foray, broadcaster and creative consultant, talks about how black people's lived experiences birthed hip hop. Just came out of inner city life, lots of struggle, but also lots of joy. And I think actually a lot of this stuff sometimes like we can talk about it in in terms when we talk about like black art forms and black work, it always seems to be tethered to this this idea of like making something good out of something bad. But I think it's bigger than that. I think it's about expression. It's about being a human being, being alive, expressing yourself and releasing. And I think that is black people have been excellent at that since the dawn of time. Before slavery, we had many forms of art um, and storytelling and expression that weren't just about, oh, let me just transcend like the horror of my day-to-day life. It's like, this is just how we are. We can kind of look at the fact that, yeah, inner city life in downtown New York for black people in the early 70s was probably not a vibe. But I feel like they would be making this stuff even if it was because that's just what it is to be black. Hip hop, the raps, the instrumentals and the scratches have reached spaces beyond the Bronx. It has connections with global politics and social movements and the art world. Fine art and hip hop might seem separate and distant, but the two worlds are constantly merging. Major hip hop artists have become vocal art collectors and fans. Jay-Z's appreciation for Jean-Michel Basquiat is a great example of this. He has been name-dropping the artist in his raps for years, and he even brags about his daughter, Blue Ivy, owning a Basquiat painting. Speaking of Basquiat, he and artist Keith Haring were both key figures in showing hip-hop aesthetics in their work. From Basquiat's untitled History of the Black People, which linked the history of the Egyptians to Africa, to Haring's mural Crack is Whack, which was displayed in the streets of Harlem. Both these artists portrayed the social issues faced by Black and Latinx communities in their art. Darren P is an expert on Keith Haring. He is a curator at Tate Liverpool and he is co-curator of the first UK solo exhibition of the American artist and activist. He talks about Haring's work and how he merged the world of hip-hop and art. Haring is somebody um, who was born in Pennsylvania. Um, and he moved to New York City in 1978. And I think at the time, I think now lo- looking back at Keith Haring's work, I mean, he was a, he was a painter. He made drawings, he made public murals. Um, he made works on the New York subway in, in, the, in their thousands. His work somehow seems synonymous with the energy, the cultural energy of New York City in the 1980s. So he's somebody who, he becomes a student, but very quickly 
clubbing and club culture becomes a really big part of his life. So actually, you can see this in the visual iconography of his work. His paintings seem to recall hip-hop. He was really um, somebody who was also looking at graffiti artists. So he becomes very kind of close with Jean-Michel Basquiat and Le too, and street artists who were making works on the street, on the on you know, on, on trains, who were breaking into train yards. And this, he sort of saw this, this street art, this very immediate, vivid form of expression. He linked it to abstract painting. You know, he sort of talked about it, this direct flow, hand-to-eye flow of this spray can as having this um, that sort of no hesitation, really confident, but like abstract painting, like Jackson Pollock. He's somebody who's very um, interested in producing art that's seen by as many people as possible. Haring's ability to go outside the gallery space, outside of museums, shows that art can and should live outside these spaces. Zazie talks about the art world she is exposed to. I don't think there's one art world. I think there's many art worlds, so it just depends which one you're in. My art world is the world in which P. Diddy is buying Kerry James Marshall's painting, buying it for $21 million, a record-breaking price at auction, not just for the artist himself, but also is the highest price ever paid for a work by a living African-American artist. And it's like, in 2019, anyone who is othering black art or hip-hop in the art world is just not living in the real world. Having a different experience of art is something visual artist King Saladin talks about. He touches on his experiences of getting introduced to a new art world when the only art he saw before this was in hip-hop or on the street. got introduced to Basquiat probably like maybe eight, nine years ago, just because when I started putting artwork up on my uh, Facebook, people said, yo, this is like Basquiat, Basquiat, Basquiat. And I'm like, yo, who are they talking about? Is this some dude from like Philly? Or I had no clue. You know what I'm saying? This is how like mine uh, clouded I was from actual knowing about art. You know, I, I couldn't go the, you know, the direct gallery route or like if I was, you know, a student of a pristine um, art school and then somebody recommended me to this gallery and or, or this museum or, you know, like that's how it usually goes. Like from my perspective, where I see, you know, a lot of people in the art world, they're locked into, you know, their secret society. And that's how, you know, different opportunities come about. So I knew that that wasn't going to be for me because I didn't go I didn't go to school. You know, if you're coming into the art world, I, I didn't look at street art or graffiti as something that would be I could sell. But I just had the vision and I've seen it. And over time, you know, you just get better with different things that um, you can be successful in art outside of the galleries, outside of uh, being in museums and just being outside of being dead. Being a successful artist out of what is deemed as high art is something Keith Haring and other artists considered. Living culture became an inspiration for art. Darren talks about this. There were many artists. I mean, it really is probably a lot, of, a lot to do with the economy. In the 1970s, the economy in, in America was very poor. It was, a, it was a time of a recession. So by 1980, it was probably a time where there were very few opportunities to exhibit work in, in conventional ways. So the, the street itself becomes activated. Uh, nightclubs become activated as spaces where you can show films or show performances or show paintings. I mean, I, I guess... In retrospect, it, it, it's a sort of it's how inner city areas are regenerated by a living culture, by artists and musicians and writers and poets. 
because you know there's a natural instinct to produce. You know, it's like the street itself becomes a canvas. Zazie adds to this. Hip hop to me is the perfect example of a Gestamtkunstwerk. So I'm not German. Forgive the pronunciation. Basically refers to a work of art that makes use of lots of art forms. So it's like a, it means literally total artwork, a complete artwork. And to, and often like some people talk about opera in that way because there's so many elements to opera, from the singing, the musicality to the the expression, the acting, the set design. There's so many things going on. And I would say hip hop is a is a gestamtkunst work <laughs> because there's so it, like it is a world. So it came out of club culture and nightlife and block parties in New York. So there's this live happening physical element there is what you're wearing to the club there's the artwork for the club there's the flyers like Keith Haring doing flyers for parties there's the music itself that innovation there is the artwork for the albums that come out of it it is a whole world Zazie mentions the role block parties played in hip-hop, and this is something Pierre Huyghe focused on in his art film titled Block Party. Block parties are a part of the history of hip-hop. It is a party for all the residents of a block or neighbourhood. Huyghe took his creation of art into the Bronx and filmed one of these parties. Andrea Lassoni, senior curator at Tate Modern, speaks about block party and the impact it had on the art world. Block Party is a five-minute film that one encounters in a gallery normally. It's not screened in the cinema and shows a party taking shape in a, an informal environment. It could be any town, looks like New York, and it is actually New York. And what you see is like people gathering around a sound system and a sort of celebration taking shape. There's a music actually on one channel, and on the other one there is a story that it's going to be told and unfolds. And the story that it's told is the story of how hip-hop became such a relevant form of expression and form of art. Through the, the main figures that were involved in, in making hip-hop a, a moment, in, in a, cr- a crucial moment in, in contemporary culture. The work has an interesting autonomy. So it's both a strange document, an interesting document of a moment in time, a very short document, and a very pertinent works in Pierre Rouig's career. Pierre Rouig has been always interested in um, celebration, in collaboration, in life that unfolds in a sort of non-controlled way, edges between control and non-control, and, and in and relationship. And hip-hop is actually very much about collaboration, it's very much about exchange, it's very much about something that takes shape in an urban space and then disappears, and it's very much about um, language. This climate of DIY creativity, mixing and recreating is tightly linked with hip-hop and also art. In an interview with Donna DeSalvo, artist Chris Afili references this. He says, I like hip-hop's cut-and-paste attitude. You can often hear where one joint ends and another begins, which is something I try to make apparent in my work so you can see how things are made. Hip-hop takes existing beats, restructures them, and injects the individual in the form of a rap. Andrea talks about how this technique is reflective of collage. 
cut and paste first and cut and mix after um, emerged in art, I would say, in the 50s, late 50s, but was already there in the early, early avant-garde, in the early movement of the avant-garde as collage. Of course, collage is bidimensional. It's based on the idea of a painting and it's a form of bringing life into or bringing elements of everyday life into uh, the authoritarian space of painting so bringing something that belongs to off the frame within the frame that was the the gesture that motivated part of uh, art related to collage or art made out of collage here's Asia Fore again hip-hop was born out of innovation so m- musically speaking We're talking about pioneering new sounds using new technology like electronic synths and all these 808 drum machines that just did not exist before and finding new ways to use this new technology. It birthed the art form of DJing, of putting one record on top of another and blending them seamlessly. It birthed sampling, taking a bit of an existing song, isolating it, adding it to something else and chopping it up. It birthed remixing. All of this comes from hip-hop culture. Art films to small screens, film, video and imagery are key components in hip-hop. The music videos allow the lyrics to come to life and the cover images add a new element to the story. Visual artist King Saladin talks about how rapper Kanye West's album cover for The College Dropout, which showed a bear college mascot, inspired his collection Bear Season. Oh, well, definitely it was inspired by uh, College Dropout. So the Takashi Marikami, it was inspired by that College Dropout bear. So the story behind that was about uh, maybe 10 years ago. I come home from uh, working with, the, you know, I worked with uh, kids at, a, at a, like a, a placement, a judicial system pretty much, where kids get locked up with foster homes and things like that. So um, I started with like a little art group for the kids that was like fighting the most, most of the day and things like that, just to get them like off of the unit and do something constructive. So while I'm at work, I'm drawing, I'm painting, I'm doing all my thing, my thing too. So I was just, um, one boring day. I'm just like, I have the album cover in my, in my bag and I'm just like, yo, I can make this bear way cooler. I can make this dude like from Philly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's cool, but I can make it cooler. Zazie talks about her favorite album cover. I mean, hip hop, again, what, one of the reasons why its influence is just so enduring is that it has gone hand in hand with iconic imagery, iconic styles of dressing, iconic videos, iconic artworks. These are things that have been like seared into our minds once we see them. So the first thing I did think of was like Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a classic one. It's almost like that's almost going to be a cliche answer at this point. But I mean, I remember being struck by the fact that There's this beautiful little black baby on the cover, innocent, pure, beautiful. And the juxtaposition and the simplicity of the album as well. So graphically and visually, it's very striking because it's quite simple and stark. It's, cl- it's classic. But then the title is Ready to Die. So it's like that kind of juxtaposition, that contrast of like new life and death and being prepared for imminent death maybe and just what that reality is. Rapper Lil Sims. The first two albums, the cover was done by by artists. I think my second album, I 
I dived a bit more into that world. I worked with an artist called McKay Felt. And how I met him was on my first album, basically, we had like 10 students from an art university like submit artwork for each one of my songs. McKay submitted a, a piece and I really, really connected with his over over everyone else's. So I decided to work with him on my second album and we like made a comic book and then I put on a festival and had him like do a, an exhibition with another artist called Corey Wash. She's from the States. So it's always been like, you know, I've always been super passionate about art and I've always respected artists so much to where I wanted to include it into what I'm doing heavily. When speaking about the art of hip-hop, we can clearly point to moments where creativity explodes because of the meeting of the two art forms. Art of hip-hop is that hip-hop is art. That's the art of hip-hop. It is art full stop and it is wonderful. It's rich. There's so much breadth to the art of hip-hop. It's a total art. It's a perfect art. Perfect art. Perfect art. To see the amazing work of Keith Haring at Tate Liverpool, use the code 2 for one Haring to get two for the price of one ticket. The offer is available online only between the 1st and the 31st of October 2019. The Art of Hip Hop is a Tate podcast, produced by Tolani Shonaya. It was a Boom Shakalaka production with music by Buddy Peace. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review and subscribe.